French fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, TJ. Uh, welcome to episode 343 of Potato League Podcast. I just uploaded 342 this morning. Awesome. Which was your uh, top 25 horror since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> may sound like a random qualifier that you did there, but it was uh, since, since we started. Since we started recording, yeah. Like really tracking on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, and plus, you, as you had mentioned, it had been a while since... Uh, uh, I think you're the uh, top 100 horror I mentioned was one of one of our most downloaded. Yeah, I think people I love a to, list. I think I'll redo that for next year because it's. I, I should it's just uh, whether we do it or not. Title every episode. Top 100. Horror. Top 100. So, anything you know, yeah. just make shit up. Uh, top 100. <laughs> you know, uh, action movies. Top 100. Oh, I would love to do a top 100. Movies, man, well, that'd we, be cool. I mean, there's nothing that says we can't. No, I mean, there's nothing that would actually make easy content, especially in the times when I'm watching one movie a week. Yeah. Uh, if if we started doing this, has not been the case for me right now. I know. I've been watching. I am. I'm very I have curious. Been ranking stuff out. Well, I want to hit fifty because last year, I can't remember what happened last October, but I only watched like ten or twelve films last October. Was it between soccer and stuff? Bro, like I think that? we've seen soccer and yeah, just shit. And I just didn't get a chance to watch many movies, so yeah, I only watched like 12 movies last October, which for me is just unheard of, so I'm, also, nearing, I'm nearing the 50 mark right now. Yeah, I, it's, when I, I usually get like that in December, Yeah, like where I can, there's just nothing, it's weird because there is, there's a shitload of stuff going on, Christmas and, and all that type of stuff, uh, but like nothing else is dominating my attention quite yeah. the same way maybe it's because by that point which is weird because you've also got i mean i'm super into football and fantasy football and mm. that's like fantasy playoffs is december so i don't know i guess i don't know i take back what i said about nothing else to take mm. my attention but i tend to watch like for me this is a lot like 30 35 movies in december yeah. um now a lot of the time if you go back and look at my stuff it's like 15 in that last week, yeah. 18 in that last week. My, my goal for this home. December is at least 50. Yeah. Because we're going to attempt on Video Monsters to do a Super Scorsese punch out. Oh, that's a lot of time, too. Yeah. That's because not just a lot of movies. The screen drafts in January is doing like a month, like they did last year with Spielberg. They're doing a month worth of Scorsese. Yeah. Or it's like two, two super drafts. A draft of his produced films, a draft of his documentaries. Because I did not realize this. That motherfucker's been pumping out documentaries like the past six, ten years. Really? Yeah. Like, he did one on, like, fucking Fran Lebowitz, and I'm like, what? Another Rolling Stones one? Like, his third fucking Rolling Stones one or something. He's, another Rolling Thunder Review, which is another Bob Dylan one. Yeah. He's been cranking mm. out documentaries. And also, this ties in nicely, because this was huge news, news this week, Scorsese has joined Letterboxd. Uh, yeah, that was... I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> it it was, was fucking everywhere. People lost People their People are losing fucking their mind. fucking minds, yes. Uh, <laughs> which, look, I, I, I'm obviously not as big a Scorsese fan as, as you, or obviously the folks on Letterboxd, yeah. but 
I very much enjoy all of his movies yeah. that, that I have seen. He's a, he, I mean, he's, yeah, he's definitely, yes. Um, come on. <laughs> People are losing their fucking minds. Yeah. But. Oh, the thing is, he's not going to friend or follow anyone. He's not. You know he's no. not. And if he does, it will likely be other filmmakers. Right. Like, anyone who's like, ooh, I'm going to try to friend him, you know, no. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. There He's will, not going to follow you. There back. will be no follow back. He is he, not. He, like the first two things he posted, like he doesn't even like list his own movies. Yeah. Uh, the thing he did, the reason I like was immediately stoked is he did a list of films that inspired his films. Yes. And I cloned that list immediately because yeah. I'm like, this is fucking cool. Because there were some. I mean, Scorsese's likes are outdated. They are. Oh, yeah. Most of the stuff he yeah, loves yeah. is from when he was younger, man. So we're talking films in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and that's... Which is a huge blank spot for me for all, so much yeah. stuff. So he's... The the, the idea... Uh, and this is... I'm going to try to do this while watching a lot of his films, too, which is why I think on December and January is going to be very busy for movie watching. I'm going to try to watch a lot of those films that he's like, oh, this is what I was thinking of while watching The Irishman, while making The Irishman, or King of Comedy... Or shit like that. I wonder if any of those line up with my 40s and 50s uh, watch list. Yeah, Scorsese uh, Film School Companion uh, Films. Um, I want to sort it by. See if you, I don't. I think I don't think the list. Go to Scorsese's page, and he'll he there's like a he does like a little essay on them. Um, on two, so. Because this is just the film list. Out of the Past is there. Yeah. I recently... Yeah, Out of the Past would, oddly enough, for Shutter Island. Which I get, after watching it, I'm like, oh. Did you watch Out of the Past? Yeah, I I love Out of the Past. Out of the Past is one of my favorite noir films ever. Love that fucking movie. Um, Wait, what am I doing? Trying to go to... Yeah, go to Scorsese's page. How do I get to his page? Martin Score... S E S E. I always spell it with a C. C E S E. Is that right? Yeah, and then go to members. Oh, son of a bitch. There it he is. is. Holy fuck. What man. do you know? Zero it reviews. Is, it is so difficult to do anything on the web do- on the uh, desktop. Ooh, that's uh, a new version. list. Top 10 widescreen films. That's kind of cool. But yeah, if you go into companion films and scroll down the here is the... Oh, no, not too far, too far. Scroll back to the end of the paragraph. And it says here is the list of my own films. Okay. Click on that. And he goes through and tells you which films are he's talking about for which movies. Red River is familiar. Yeah, like Personality Crisis. One Night Only. Documentary I'd never heard of. Day of the Jackal is on my list. What was that for? Day of the Jackal was for the Irishman. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, it's not stuff you would think of. No. Tonally. Sure. But yeah, and there's a George Harrison documentary he did recently. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where did... I was thinking of 1951's The River. Yeah. Okay. But it's just like, where... Where does he, like, I couldn't even, like, these aren't even showing anywhere right now. It's like, Marty, what are you doing? You're just making these documentaries, showing them at the Tribeca Film Festival, and then telling everybody to fuck off? (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Night of the Hunter. Oh, wait, what was that? That that would make sense. Yeah. 
the original Ocean's Eleven for Goodfellas, which I get. I have not seen it. I did. The original finish. Ocean's Eleven sucks. I did. I heard. Yeah. I, but I, it, it's just the, it's like it's just those like three guys hanging out mostly on film. Uh on the waterfront for Raging Bull. That's an easy one. I have a semi-hot take. Um, I think the first, well, I think Ocean's Eleven 2001 or whatever mm-hmm. is the only good Ocean's movie. I enjoy 13. I'm not saying it's good. No, it's but not. But I enjoy it. 12 sucks. Yeah, tw- that movie, the, the, I, the I further I get lo- away from it, the worse it I is. I went a long time without watching 13 because 12 was so fucking bad for me. Yeah, I just I watched 13 last week or whenever. It's okay. Okay. But it's coming down off of how good the first one is. Yeah. Just, You're just like, should have just left it alone, man. Yeah. Should have just left it alone. I get it. Warner Brothers was like, here's a big bunch of money yeah. so that you can make your weird shit, Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you want to make the girlfriend experience? You need to make Ocean's 12. They're just, they're just not that good. I, 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 but I have not seen 8. It wasn't bad. It was fine. But also, again, it also it felt like it really had. Other than she's Danny Ocean's sister. Yeah. Why is that's this? it? Yeah. Why is this? This. Yeah. Other than that, you're just capitalizing on the name. But yeah, some of these films I've, I never heard of. I read over them, and I'm like, these. I mean, it's fucking Scorsese for Christ's sakes. He he doesn't like bad movies. <laughs> he just doesn't. I mean, the man is uh, we just a talked film about, scholar of we the just highest. We talked degree. about how Ocean's Eleven is on this this list. <laughs> I will. I, I yeah, that's true. But I will. I will. I will. I will chalk that up to it's a personality film. Yeah. And yeah. He doesn't say how much he that he thinks it's the greatest film of all time. You know, it's not no. like he's talking Red River here, um, which is one of the ones he fucking loves. But yeah, there's going to be like you'll see a lot of Criterion worthy films on this list. And some other shit you haven't heard of. Yeah. But again, like, I mean... It's just funny, because again, there's... The the, Mar- the Scorsese versus Marvel thing is never... It seemingly won't go away. On on Twitter. Which I don't understand, because... Who cares? Yeah. He's a fucking 80-year-old man. It, yeah, they're not or made whatever, for him. And he know? knows they're not made for him. He's not saying they're the worst things ever happened. It is. He's saying it's worrisome that ev- that everything is getting thrown at these films and hope and building this cohesive thing that you have to watch all of these in order to keep watching them and soon that's all there's going to be in the multiplexes. Yeah. That he hates. Yeah. Which he uh, isn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <laughs> weird, weird but appropriate segue, it's the same conversation that's going on with Five Nights at Freddy right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I belong to a lot of horror things, and a lot of people are just like, this fucking sucks, this is so terrible. I'm like, this is not for you, right. 40-year-old man. Right. This is meant for your child had you ever talked to a, a person. Yeah. you know, Had you ever met someone and enjoyed their company and you had had a child, this movie's for them. Right. Because <laughs> I like, I bet this film will go over like gangbusters with the kids at school. I bet yeah. they fucking love it. Um, I gave it a two and a half. Yeah. Well... I which is it. which is what I've seen most most adults who have given it. They've been like, it's two and a half. It's fine. Yeah. But it's not for you. Colin was losing his mind. Yeah. Colin was losing his mind. Every because he recognizes all of it. It's like and I, I the best description I could see because it took me a while. Um and the best description I saw was like 
Imagine that friend of yours that every knows every background character in the cantina in Star Wars. Yeah. That's this mm-hmm. for yeah. the current 12-year-olds. Yeah. Um, my biggest gripe with it is they kind of blew the chance for it to be scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's PG-13. They could have... Could have upped it a little bit. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's just not. I mean, but it could have been. Yeah. Um, no, a lot of the stuff I'm reading is like, treat this as a way to get your kids interested in horror and then show them other films. Something that's legitimately, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, like Poltergeist, another PG-13, another PG horror film. It's actually four ninety nine this week. I was thinking I might buy it and yeah. show it to Colin. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he thinks of it, because we were about that age when we saw yeah. it. Um, yeah. Uh, And the other thing that I learned is that a lot of, um, I mean, I did understand that there was a big YouTube uh, content. It was a very uh, YouTube content heavy game like this, like Minecraft is like, there's a billion YouTube channels devoted to just Mm -hmm. Minecraft. And, but this is also something that there's a billion YouTube uh, channels um, devoted to. I remember, like, the middle schoolers when I was doing my student teaching back in 2015. Like, this is when that's when like first came out and they started talking about it. Yeah, that's that's. But yeah, now there's games, there's books, there's all kinds of multimedia shit for it. But like, there are um, YouTube channels that are devoted to like telling story, telling scary stories about the lore. Yeah. And because and it's kind of like a junior creepy pasta thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I could be look, I could be getting some of this wrong because I'm just inferring from things I read on Twitter. But uh, that was some of the people's complaints was that that stuff. Yeah, some sure. of that stuff was legitimately scary. The movie could have been at well, least hey, that. It's like us nerds. The uh, the source material already exists. Why didn't you just adapt that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. <laughs> just because in this case the source material is. Some jackass making up stuff. But still, which, if it's but, you good, know, fucking pay him. Right, right. There you go. Um, but for what for what it apparently cost, it's a like legit production. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animatronics don't. You never at any point are thinking like that looks really stupid. It seems to have very little. Uh, well, it's very little. CG. Yeah. So I'm to find out what the budget for it is. Because I know it did really well over the weekend. It did like, yeah. consider and again, this was a both a good move and a stupid move because it it came out in the theaters and on Peacock at the same time. Right. Which Peacock, they also just reported they've lost about five hundred billion dollars this year. That's not good. No. It, it, I'm hoping I'm right with the billion instead of million. But either way. Five hundred billion would be a it would be so probably no, 500, 500 billion would be more than NBC is worth. So probably Shine fi- Art Wigs Wigs about ready to <laughs> come on in and buy it. Um, um, yeah, so it's probably five hundred million, but that that really sucks. If you lost a lot of money this year, why are you putting out things like this in October, not on your service? Yeah, I know you want to bring eyes to the service, but you're not bringing this. I think the the streaming wars are now very, very much figuring out. You're not bringing new eyes to your thing for more than 30 days. Because people are coming up, signing up for a month, and leaving. Well, I will 
that's funny that you said that because what Peacock has made a big push to do is annual. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't do annual. I did because it was, uh, what was it? We got a discount of some, it was a discount of some, some kind. I can't remember how much it was. How much is it normally a month? I can't even fucking tell you. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I'm, anyway. I'm so inundated with these streaming services, I forget what each one costs a month. Yeah. And then they go up for like two bucks here and there. Yeah. And next thing you know, like, ne- there's a, th- I'm probably going to cancel Netflix now because Netflix is like up to 21 23. Bucks a month. 23. Yeah. Now that I've watched House of Usher, I, I'm good for a while, thanks. Well, <clears throat> I don't need any more of your shit for a while, Netflix. Yeah, unfortunately, Robin and the kids watch a ton of Netflix, oh, so I, I would have canceled it a year ago. I, um, I tend to mostly, if I watch anything, it's Peacock and Hulu. See, I don't even watch Hulu. Um, but Robin, see, that's the problem. We all watch different stuff. Uh, Robin watches Hulu and Netflix. Uh, I watch, although we, we all watch a lot of Peacock because we're always watching... An NBC sitcom mm. of some kind. We're almost done. I started uh, a Parks and Rec, I think, when school started, and we are almost done. We are in season seven. There you go. Which kind of sucks because we blew through it so fast, like watching three or four episodes a night. Um, but man, there's like no bad episodes of that show. No, they're well, probably. I mean, once it gets going, yeah. And it actually gets going earlier midway than... See through, midway, I mean, there's some good stuff in early season two. Yeah. But midway through through season two, it's just fucking awesome. Yes. So, like, the last hundred or whatever episodes are... They're they're all good. Every episode is good. Um, yeah, we're starting uh, season seven tonight. I can't, I can't find how well it's... The, the budget for five minutes oh. of Freddy, but... It's been good. It, I, I imagine it was a decent amount. Didn't it? Am I crazy in saying didn't it make a hundred million? Not yet. No, I don't. Well, maybe worldwide. I, the number six sixty-five million is in my head, but that just might be for U.S. Box office mojo. This is saying twenty million budget. Does that sound right? Good. Screen rant saying twenty-five point one. Okay, so Five Nights at Freddy's forty million dollar. Domestic, what's the worldwide? This is what Forbes says on pace for 78 opening. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how do you even factor in Peacock streams? No idea. No idea. I mean, they obviously they know. Oh wow! Yeah, the thirty-nine million was its opening, opening day. day. Yeah. So yeah, the Saturdays and Sundays haven't been released yet. So Christ, I bet. I bet we're looking close to eighty-five. Yeah. Because if it did forty on Friday, Saturday, it, Friday and Saturday numbers are usually the same, and then Sunday's usually about fifty to sixty percent of that. <clears throat> Damn, that's a big opening for the end of October. Maybe they'll do a sixth night. That was a bad Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> joke. Uh, but there will definitely be a sequel. Then, oh, Christ, I mean, yeah. If they, if it did that well. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll i put it this way. I, I actually, 
what I did was I, I didn't feel like I, I initially gave it a three and then I was like, I don't feel like I can give it a three because there's a lot wrong with it. It's fucking kind of dumb. Uh, and it could have been, it should have been scarier. Um, cause with kind of the creepy setup, I don't go looking for scary movies, but when there's the creepy setup like that and then it doesn't deliver, it's yeah. like, what the fuck are we doing? Why, yeah. did, why did we do this? Yeah. Uh, you're like let down by it. Um, Don, you just watch Willy's Wonderland instead. <laughs> was that the Nick, the Nick Cage, Cage one? one. <laughs> is it the same idea? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it like the Italian movies that do the... <laughs> that rip off the... and just have it, give it a different name? Yeah. Um, but they combine it with something else, right? Is it always usually... Italian it, ones, yeah, usually. It's, it's usually like two, two movies. Uh, Lethal Weapon and <laughs> Godzilla or something. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's a team up I'd watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I will end up checking it out maybe tomorrow. Andrew and I have watched a couple of really bleak films lately, so we could use something. See, I wanted to hear about the really bleak ones. Ooh. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay, we're back. Uh, Tilly was coming down to get some tomato paste. Um, yeah, she doesn't really, really need to hear about when evil lurks. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, these are the ones... Uh, it's a nice um, upping the ante from Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I do not... These are the ones that I always say I like to watch the trailers of, um, but I will never, ever watch them. Mm -hmm. uh, having read the... Let me go to your thing. Uh, having read a lot of the reviews, I was like... <laughs> sounds so stupid. I'm such a fucking wuss. <laughs> I was like amped to watch the trailer. I was like, man, this is going to be a fucking spooky trailer. Never watching the movie. But this is going to be a spooky trailer. The trailer was a total letdown. For this? Yes. I don't think I... I don't can't remember if I even watched the trailer. It looked... They didn't obviously yeah. uh, even imply the good stuff that I had read about. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes me think... Some people went into this and were like, holy fuck. If having just seen the trailer and oh, not yeah. knowing anything else about it, yeah. they might have gone in and gone, Whoa. Oh yeah, this film goes there. Like, it, it's not afraid to kill children. It kind of just... Totally kills children. <laughs> uh, do you want to watch the trailer? Sure. Um, because it is... It's going to be my fastest way to get there. Uh, I know it's always difficult when it's like foreign films. Yeah, because it's like, well, how much do you show with subtitles? You know, there are sometimes uh, yeah. there are sometimes like foreign horror film trailers don't have any dialogue whatsoever because you, they don't want the audience to know it's a foreign film. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll get people excited for it, and then once they're ready to watch it, then we'll be like, oh, by the way, this is in Spanish. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, with this film, though, I was actually. I didn't realize until we were about halfway through watching. I'm like, this is really fucking good. Who directed this? And then I saw that it was um, Demian Rugna, who directed a film back in, I think it was 2018, called Terrified, which was fucking awesome. What's the... What's the uh, name of the movie? When Evil Lurks. Why is my... I also love, though, that this film stars a guy who kind of looks like, you know... Spanish diet um, Wolverine. Not him, but the other guy. This guy? Yeah, he looks like Lo Old Man Logan. Uh, let me go back to the thing so I can pause and we'll watch it. Okay. This is a pretty complicated setup I've got here. It's a process. Okay. Alright, we'll pause and watch this trailer. 
All right, we're back. We watched okay. the... Uh, uh, I'll put up a spoiler warning for it right now at the 24-minute mark. Uh, not sure how long we'll spoil, but... Um, yeah, this film's fucked. <laughs> it's a very, very fucked up film. It takes It's Argentinian. Um, it takes place in a time... Like, it's like... Now, Wait, did we even mention the name of the movie? Oh, did, did When we? Evil Lurks. Yeah, on Shutter. I don't remember what we said on or off air. Um... It takes place, like, now, but now after something horrible has happened. Um, okay. These things called possessed ones exist. They are demons. Demons that are possessing people. Only there are rules. Like, this is very much like It Follows, in parts. Because, like, the possessed ones will inhabit someone. You can't kill that person in certain ways. Like, only certain people can kill them. And they are very far and few between. Like, this takes place, a lot of it, in the countryside, and they're like, there's no way a possessed one's here. They're, they're only in the cities. They're only in the cities. Um, but, like, if you come across a possessed one, uh, you have to, like, you can't take anything with you from where you just were. That type of thing. Like, it's even best to, like, burn your fucking clothes that you wear, wore when you were near it. Hmm. Um, or else it, it can... And you can't be afraid of it. If, if, it's, if you're afraid of it, it latches onto you. Um, you can't kill it with a gun. Which is what you see in the trailer with the goat. Mm-hmm. The goat has come in contact with kind of a possessed one. So it might be... So the guy kills it with a gun, meaning like he himself is now going to be infected. Which is why the wife whacks him with an axe in the back of the head. And then turns the axe on herself and kills herself. Because huh. it's like... It's very bleak. Like, pretty much once you come in contact with one of these, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of the movie, these two brothers... Uh, old Thin Man Wolverine... And mustache brother, right? Um, Luigi. Luigi. <laughs> it, it is kind of like Super Mario Brothers in that way. These two are always trying to do something together, and one is always like, "Oh, come on!" And the other one's like, "No, this is what we have to do." Uh, clear power dynamic in this relationship. They hear gunshots in the middle of the night, and they're like, "That's not someone hunting. There were too many shots." You know, and it wasn't. It didn't sound like a rifle, so it must be re- a revolver. Oh fuck! What has happened out? Because it's like him and their neighbor, neighbor Ruiz. It happened in between their properties. This can't be good. So they go out, and they find a man who has literally been chopped in half. And, like, his upper half is mostly missing. So it's just pretty much his legs in a suitcase full of some, like, weird artifact-type things. And one of the brothers is like, I'm pretty sure I've seen these before. I don't know what it is. They find a folder, and in the folder it shows, like, an old woman's ID who lives up up the way. Mm -hmm. So they go and visit her, and they find her, her son, and her other son, who is just the giant bloated... He's the bloater, essentially. From I was last say, this whole us. thing sounds like a video game. It would make an awesome <laughs> fucking video game because it's a lot of you need to get the fuck away. Yeah, there's a lot of rules. Like, yeah. as soon as you said there's a lot of rules, that like that's a video game, and it's cool because you're you're not really learning the rule. They don't like set down for the longest time to tell you the rules. Yeah. It's not like until like two thirds of the way through the film. So you're just like you. They'll say like, oh god, we can't ever turn off all electric lights. There can't be electric lights. Electric lights call them. You have to have candlelight. Hmm. Shit like that. Um, but you don't really learn it until you've already seen the negative effects of it. You've, you've learned why that rule is in place before yeah. you've learned the rule. Um, and they go and they find the, the the guy who is the one, like, it's been living inside, inside of him for, like, a year, and it's about ready to, as they call it, like, birth out of him. Oh, cool. And that's bad, because then it's like a demon walk in the fucking earth. Um... So they and their neighbor always take him and throw him into, like, the back of a truck 
and like try to drive him like hours away and they lose him along the way like they have to swerve at one point and he falls out of the back and they're like fuck it we're good we're leaving um not realizing that now they're both they're all fucked because they've been in contact with this thing you know and they're like you fucking you later when they learn find another one of the hunter type people they're like you fucking touched it what the fuck is wrong with you you know uh so he needs to go and get his family who is no longer his family him and his wife are divorced but he goes and gets like his tries to get his two sons and in in one of the most gruesome this is how you know you're dealing with this fucking scene he goes to visit his wife and her new husband with their little girl and his two older son his two older sons yeah. and the girl's just sitting there with this big fucking dog you know just petting him it's a friendly dog and then just all of a sudden once he enters the house the dog goes all of a sudden just goes and like bites the girl's fucking face and starts shaking her around and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> um, and then the little girl reappears later. Fine. But like giggling all the time. That's never good. No. Um, no good. <laughs> that, never, com- that never ends well. This film, nothing goes well. Like, this is a film where everyone, well, some of the complaints of her is like, oh, they just make stupid decisions. I'm like, that's the point. Yeah. The point is, no matter what you do, you are fucked. It's bleak. I've got a feeling it has probably something to do with Argentinian politics. Yeah. But I am not well-versed enough in Argentinian politics to point what this is to. I would like to read more on that. But I feel like, yeah, there's something that we as Americans is getting a little lost in translation. Or we're just not getting the points he's trying to make, but it's still very, very effective. Well, Um, I mean, we we could probably... (laughs) We could apply that same logic to Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just interesting. Something like this would get... uh, what you just said that it's got a deeper meaning and, yeah. and all that but something with Five Nights at Freddy's is not going to get that same grace yeah because uh, that movie is just riddled with why the fuck did you do that yeah. why would that happen why would you do that why would you be there why would you leave her alone like that mm. um, yeah it's just funny that, that two uh, movies made differently um, with different expectations I guess uh get different levels of grace when they when, when, when their screenplay has dumb decisions in it. Yeah. But again, these aren't necessarily dumb decisions, but it's like when faced with impossible choices, yeah. You're going to take whatever one seems like it might fucking work. Yeah. And in some of these it's like, "Oh, no, that was never going to work." But you can also see like why he tried to do this cuz it's like he's yeah. trying. Which he is- which would be the most likely and easiest yeah to do. Yeah, because uh, they make of like my... a big point of saying a, a couple times throughout this is you know religion is now dead. This is taken over. Yeah, like there is no god anymore, and for a lot of people, and I'm especially imagining one where it's like a, there's always been a very high religious content like Argentina. Yeah, the thought of religion being dead will lead people to do some terrible things or make some awful choices. Um, yes, because as we found out uh, more this week. Apparently, the only thing keeping uh, like Christian nationalists from fucking goats is the Bible. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be all over it. Yeah. That has always been feel. I love it felt when they do so that. So bizarre to me. Yeah. Like, I've never needed a book to tell me not to fuck the dog. Yeah. I mean, I don't need something telling me to, that I should probably be a good person, or else I'll burn forever in hell. Yeah. I just kind of like being I, a good person. I, I don't get. Yes. I kind of get down with that. I don't need the threat of hell. Yeah. To not rape and murder 
Yeah. <laughs> like, is that all that's yeah, holding there, you back? There's been a ton of stuff this week, because our, our new Speaker of the House, who is... Is that what's holding you back, Mike Johnson? <laughs> as usual with Republicans, he's highly underqualified. He's only been mm. a representative since, like, 2016. Never done anything of note. Just was the least objectionable alternative, which is crazy to think of. Um... But yeah, he made a big thing. It's like you know, no, I'll find all my answers in the good book. And it's like, so when is the, when when's the ban on shellfish coming? Right, that happening soon? Yeah, are we all going to go back to wearing just clothing made of one material? One material, no more than one crop planted in the field. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay because he had a he had a black kid for a while, which is yeah. very creepy. Uh, he it's like, you were only 10 years older than Air me. quote, adopted a 14-year-old at 25. At 25. Yeah. Who is... It's a, it's a very Nestor-sounding des- yeah. <laughs> situation. Yeah. Okay, you and Matt Gates are buddies. We get it. They're so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when the world is going to shit... God, I love bleak, evil horror movies. Because, I mean, again, and this was the other thing all for most of the weekend, um, Maine, much of Maine was under lockdown because right. there was a mass shooter on the loose. Right. Um, yeah. And again, this being Maine, they were all like, oh, hunting season's this weekend, though. He's still out there. We'll get him. It's like, fuck you. Unless he's at the bottom of that Bud Light, you're not finding shit. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Miller Light. <laughs> you don't drink Bud Light anymore, do you? <laughs> Pardon. Like, I've been to hunting camps in Maine. You're just drinking and going out and shooting <laughs> rifles every once in a while. You're not finding shit. <sighs> but yeah, speaking of children's movies or games, Candyland. Oh. Which is not an adaptation of the game by any means. It's just got the right title. This one was another bleak fucking movie. It's about truck stop prostitutes. Sweet. And their wretched existence. And a religious fundamentalist girl. That's interesting that they, they changed the dagger for the poster. Hmm. The poster is a girl in, a, in very short shorts standing outside of a truck with a crucifix dagger behind her back. What happens is there's these four girls who are all, or sorry, three girls, one dude, who are all prostitutes at a truck stop. So you're learning. It's very much like a slice of life film. Yeah. About like, this is what it's like to be a truck stop prostitute. This is how it is. If you were wondering. Um, and it feels very realistic in that sense. Yeah. Um, pair well with Florida Project. Um, it's just as far as, like, bleak existences. Um, but it's very matter-of-fact with what they do, what they don't do. Um, and then this g- young girl shows up who was is running away from a religious fundamentalist group. Uh, and they, they these girls kind of adopt her, take her in, um, only to find out too late. She's there to wipe them all out. Oh. She's a murderer. Because her and her crew are planning on ascending very, very soon. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. So she is going to kill all these prostitutes in order to save their souls. Hmm. It's bleak. It's very, very bleak. uh, With a very, very bleak ending. Uh, Fun performance, though, by William Baldwin, who is morphing even more to Alex. Into Alec Baldwin now. Um... Some of the sheriff. ways he talks, he's he plays the sheriff who um, uses the services of the one male at the truck stop. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little far fetched at times because I get it; it's in the middle of nowhere. But the first time that like a whole bunch of murders happens at the truck stop, the truck stop stays open. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Ugh. that wouldn't happen. That was the one thing where I'm like, oh, 
Because, like, the last night she's there, she kills a lot of people the last night. And I'm like, well, it's the last night and she's leaving. But the first day when she kills, like, two or three people, I'm like, uh. Yeah. I get it. He's the one sheriff in the middle of this middle-of-nowhere town on Route 66. But well, that would make it more likely. Yeah. Right? That something like that doesn't happen there? Yeah. But it was still... As a, we it, just mentioned, the city of Lewiston was shut down for two days. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and every... And, like, a lot of nearby towns. Like, they were canceling shit up here this weekend. Yeah. And it's one of those things where everybody... It, it was because they're like, well, he went to college in Maine, so we're shutting, you know, we're shutting down the Maine campuses, and well, he's got a relative here, and I'm just like, this is Maine. Yeah, I have literal ties to anywhere in the state, a- at least at least like, regionally. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I can place myself. Yeah. Oh, he used to go to the Presque Isle Spudland Open every year. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> I did. Yep. You know, maybe not, probably not like uh, down east. I don't, yeah, but I mean, I've got. I don't hang out in Machias. My kid lives in Lisbon Falls. Yeah. Uh, my, those aunt's daughters live in southern Maine, you know. <laughs> yeah. He has posted an Instagram at this location, you know. I travel through Rangeley on my way to New Hampshire every year. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, so they were getting a little overzealous with some of the shit, but, I mean, he has since been found dead, which we figured would happen. Yeah. I figured either that or he'd be in fucking New Hampshire in the mountains living there forever, but mental health, it'll fucking get you. But it's okay, because it, he only killed because his heart was bad. Oh, he, yeah. He yeah. had, according to, you know, these types of things only happen mm. when the, with the failings of the human heart. Yep. Cool. It's weird it only happens here, then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Katie anyway, Lynn, much better than I expected. It let's right. get back to something less depressing than the current state of U.S. politics and talk truck about stop, truck talk about prostitute murders. <laughs> At least this is uh, has the veil of, of fiction yeah. uh, over it. Yeah, but it was it was much much like not that people don't live this way minus the yeah. the uh, Christian nationalist murdering, which is funny because VHS ninety four. Had some Christian nationalists in it. Uh, VHS oh, 94. It's a... one of those segments of, of found footage films type of thing. It's like short films all combined into one film. There's usually some good ones, usually some bad ones. One of the fun ones was a group of guys, like a, a militia, a white nationalist militia, yep. um, had captured a vampire, and we're going to use the vampire to take down a federal building. That's actually pretty awesome. It kind of was. Because they that's were a pretty awesome premise. Because, as you would expect, things go wrong, and more often than not, they end up murdering each other, yeah. trying to kill the other thing. Because they're fucking all hillbillies, yeah. you know. But they're running around like they're they're on CBs and using fucking code words, and you know, using all the all all the the fan fiction that you would yeah. think would apply to something like that. It was really they tactical really fun. vests. Oh, of course, they did. Okay. You know, dumb question. Fat men in tiny vests. <laughs> yep. yep, of course. Of and they, course there's they there's that gap between the vest and the bottom of their pants that's hanging down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you call that. It's the 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 lower back, upper crackle area. Yep. Uh, that the the rednecks have. Yeah, where where the belly lava so, overflows. Yep, yep. In the front, and then in the back, there's that gap between the vest and yep. and where their pants and the, are halfway and, and down their so ass. And they're so big that like the the vest is like almost at a forty five degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could ski down it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a good... Those VHS films, It's they're always four to five movies, short films. Usually, two I guess to... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, they're good. I also didn't know that uh, when I saw it on there... I'm sorry. I didn't know there were like more than one. Oh, there's VH1, VHS2, VHS Viral... 85, 94, I think there's a 99. I haven't seen them all. But, like, especially the first two, they were quite good and they spawned a couple people's, like, horror careers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, usually usually on these, like, two to three are good. And then there's one that's like, okay. The wraparound that usually tries to tie them all together almost always sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's hard. That's that's the hard one to try to do, because it's like, you don't get to really tell a story. You kind of have to make everybody else's stories make sense yes. as to why all these videotapes... Because that's the thing, they're all, they all take place on VHS tapes, yeah, and why they all exist in the same location. <laughs> this one was kind of dumb. But again... Do any of them pull that off? Uh, two pulled it off really well. I yeah. liked almost everything in two. Um... But yeah, the VHS ninety four one was really good. Uh, I also watched the Nun two, which was surprisingly good. I mean, because the first one was bad. First right? one is garbage. Yeah, first one if it, the cinematography didn't look great, if you changed it to black and white, would have had a one star. The film was awful, absolutely awful. I still don't think uh, Tessa Farmiga is a good actress. No? I think she peaked with that American Horror Story season one. Mm-hmm. So because she was good in that at a very young age, we all just expect that she's going, she's been good since then. I don't think she has. Um, I just remember the uh, uh, the pitch meeting the for the first non-movie. Yeah. Uh, the, the longest joke is about... Do you think it was a good idea to cast her in the Conjuring universe and have her make have no connection to yeah. our star, who she looks exactly like? You know. Yeah. Well, it's funny because this one had it con- it's Conjuring, right? An, yeah, yeah, had an after credit sequence where it's Ed and Lorraine answering the phone about something, but we don't know what. I'm like, that is a terrible post credit teaser because it didn't tie into anything in the film. Right. The film takes place, as it says here, four years after the Nun. And the nun was so cleaned from my mind. I didn't even know the main guy in this film was in the first one until about halfway through when there's a flashback. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he played that guy. And the nun takes place like World War II era, like 1940s. Okay. Um, But yeah, this one, it's the Valak the nun again. Uh, the young girl is... I say young. Today's from is probably like fucking 30 by now. Probably. She still looks like she's 15. <clears throat> um, she's trying to find... like. Holy this, shit, she is. She is 29. Yeah, she does not look 29 at all. Um, But... Final this, Girls was good. This, this, Yeah, the, the, but it's not because of her. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, I think she was good in the films where she plays a young person. Yeah. But now that she's almost 30, she shouldn't be, like, the wide-eyed innocent anymore, even if she's playing a nun. No, she's still 30. She's been in, she's been nun in it for a while. She's seen some shit. <laughs> Things should... Like, this needed her to almost Sarah Connor, you know? Yeah. Where, okay, well, I get yeah. while she was young and wide-eyed in the first one, but now that she's done battle at a hellmouth... Oh, and you've told us that it's X number of years four later. Four years later. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, she's seen some shit. 
let's move on and make her a little less like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. You should fully believe this is happening. You've seen it already. Yeah. Um, but the story was good. You know, there's an evil... <laughs> <laughs> None of this was necessary. <laughs> That's the top review on The second <laughs> on one's Letterboxd. pretty good, too. Sister Who- Whoopi Goldberg would have actually bodied Valor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe someone gave this a five star. Um, Got a lot a- of comments. Any- anything between two and three and a half, I would accept. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing, this film is staggering to look at. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. Some of the shots are really, really fucking gorgeous. Um, and it's got great, you know, set design. It looks, they filmed this obviously on location somewhere that looks like an old 1940s, you know, boarding school. Nun slash, place. Um, no, because the nuns are on the run. Oh, Jesus. They're moving around. They, okay. They're not at the nunnery. Um, <laughs> They're at an old an, an old church that is now a boarding school for like wayward young girls and shit. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it's fun. There's some good stuff. It gets a little cheesy in the third act when like some of the supernatural, really supernatural shit starts happening. You're like, okay, that's just dumb. You did really great setting up all the atmosphere, and now you're showing your budget. Like, I think one of the best things for these nun films and for the Conjuring films would be to take away their budgets. Yeah. Stop throwing fifty million at them, forty five yeah. million at them. Stop trying to stop trying to put gloss on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like make do. Well, with, <clears throat> the Conjuring was so good because it was filmed with next to you know it had some stars, but it was filmed in a house. They had to do practical effects. You know they couldn't do CGI shit that looked awesome. Well, that's what uh, that's what you do get out of um, the when evil lurks. Yeah trailer is that <coughs> it looks cheap. Yeah. And it looks uh, not lit at all. It looks like all natural. Well, not maybe not all natural, but mostly majority. Because uh, it's a rule. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there couldn't be. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, it also, well, just going back to that, uh, the other thing that I was thinking uh, solely because of the um, the, the vibe and the fact that it's foreign, it does have it does give uh, whaling vibes. Yeah, um, which is getting a four K release by the way soon. Who? Yeah, gonna end up owning all of these things like fucking three times. Yep. Welcome to the world of collecting. And and you uh, and yet at the same time, I'm like, I won't. There's shit I won't buy unless it's four ninety nine. Yeah. And then, but then I'll buy fucking third uh, a third copy of Old Boy, which. I've you, still only to be like me. I've like, still only watched once, and that was streaming. As soon as it has different special features, like I need to own that because I want to see those new special features. Yeah. What was the other thing that is getting? Oh, Lone Star. Yeah, uh, getting a Criterion release. I'm so stoked for that. Although it doesn't have much for special features. No. But I'm hoping though, because we've bought it on SD, like that might get bumped up to a 4K once it gets released. I'm wondering. If no, we'll they'll do make that. you buy it again. Fuckers. Uh, because if you have if you have something in HD, uh, and it goes on sale, the UHD goes on sale. You still have to buy it. Yeah, I almost to... bought something yesterday that was on sale, but they're like, "Oh, the SD is seven ninety nine. I'm like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. We are that petty at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, I'm buying an Australian import of the Super Mario Brothers because it comes with like two different cuts and a script book. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, because I guess it has like four different scripts in the script book for like the evolution of how it became the movie it did. Hmm. Which is fascinating. It, it is. More fascinating than the actual movie will be. But it's one of those things I, I saw all the special features. I'm like, I want to own that specifically for all the special features. <laughs> what is going on here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give me the nuts and bolts. I don't care much about the film. Yeah. How did we get here? All right, well, uh, uh, I started rewatching some of the Saw films just because Screen Drafts did a Saw franchise ranking. It's and weird. I, I have seen, I shouldn't say it at this point, not most. I have definitely seen the first five. Yeah. I couldn't tell one from the other. That's that's the thing with but me. Other than the first one. Other than one, the first one. Um, and I recently watched Spiral from the Book of Saw. It's not every day you see Wesley cut his foot off. Yeah. Um, the Chris Rock one? Yeah. That could have been great. <clears throat> yeah. Chris Rock sucks. <laughs> Wasn't it his thing? Didn't yeah. he, like, produce it? But he and... is the wrong person for that role. Yeah. Because, again... Maybe he... he should have just stuck to producing. Yeah. Like, unless he's, like, you know... These drugs just keep calling me, man. They keep calling me, like, from yeah. New Jack City. He can't do anything else. The no. rest of his, the film was a lot of times I'm like, this is his fucking stand-up act. It's pretty painful to watch in Lethal Weapon, whatever, four. Yeah. same shit. Same shit, only this time he has to be anguished at certain points. And you're like, Oof. I am not buying this. He had a hard enough time almost playing himself in yeah. Lethal Weapon, and it's hard to yeah. watch. I can't buy him as a hard-ass cop. No. I just can't. Especially when he's on scene with, like, Max Mangala, who is a good actor. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. I like what the film did. He was the worst part of it. So I'm like, and I guess Saw 10, the new one that just came out, is fucking awesome. Like, it really? actually got voted on screen drafts as the best of the franchise. Which, for a 10th film, is impressive. And just came out, or yeah, yeah, it actually just hit like VOD this week for like. Oh yeah, we I think we talked about it last week yeah. when we were looking at uh, what was in theaters. Yeah, so it just came out on VOD, uh, much like The Exorcist. Believer, it just came out on VOD, but I'm not paying thirty bucks to buy those. Yeah, on that. VOD. Especially, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait a bit. Especially when in about three weeks yeah. they will be twelve ninety nine, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I started rewatching the sauce because, again, much like you, I've seen them all. I don't remember much of all what happened between Sauce two and six, or even <clears throat> seven, which was the final saw. I um, remember. I think the way it worked with me was like, I think I remember kind of liking the first two mm -hmm. because they were clever. Yeah, and then it started to be diminishing returns. And three was like, I think I remember, well, I don't remember. I'm just assuming this is how it went. Because I definitely checked out after like five well, or whatever. three is the one where Jigsaw dies. Where okay. the main guy dies. Um, and then you there's like his acolytes, or four, five, six, with some flashbacks thrown in. They did some neat shit, I remember, with the time. Like the structural between mm. four, five, and six. There was some neat stuff, but I can't remember. So I'm going to try to get as many watches as I can over the next few days just to reevaluate them. And I remember like really thinking the first saw was amazing. It's not. It's not. It's fine. It it's, was just it was just the first one. But yeah, like everything you think of when you think of saw like, oh, well the traps are very like O Henry short stories. They're ironic punishments for what you've done. Yeah. There's none of that in the first one. Really? 
Yeah, him, him being chained and needing to saw off his own foot isn't ironic in any way. Um, nobody in there is really that awful of a person other than they kind of piss chicks off. I mean, I, I think just the, the, uh, the twist is... Oh, yeah. It's, Again, it's it an all-time... It's one of the most famous twists yeah. in... Yeah, and it's a great twist. It was a good premise, and it again made cheaply. Mm. So it real. I mean, this is the whole reason we have Lee One L reveal. James Wan. Yeah, it's not really a twist. It's no. more of a reveal. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm still, I'm still thinking no. about that. <laughs> but it, it, it was very fucking memorable, and that's mm. I think what makes people remember that that film was better than it was. <clears throat> they're just like that last fucking scene was awesome. Yeah. Holy shit! I couldn't believe that. Um. And then a bunch of stuff I've watched this month is just... I wanted to watch a lot of like first-time shit that I bought at one point. Which is and, what I've been trying to do and failing miserably. Yeah. Um, I also uh, did watch the entirety of The Fall of House of Usher. Yeah. While I don't normally put TV shows in my listing... I was curious. I did with this one because, again, it's much like Flanagan's other projects. It's an eight-hour-long movie just broken up. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking fabulous. <laughs> Uh, for anyone who is, like, an Edgar Allan Poe nerd, this is your jam. Like, everything. Every episode is named after a short story. It ties in thematically. It's basically about... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the people who did Oxycontin, that family. It's basically like if the family that was ahead of the pharma division that created Oxycontin... Oh, yeah. ...got their comeuppance. You know? Because the legal system isn't going to do it. And this is very much in that, like, okay, well, they've always escaped legal culpability for all the horrible shit they've done. So what's going to happen is all of the children of this patriarch, it's much like the fall of the House of Usher, where all the children of this patriarch are going to die. Yeah. Um, but the way they die, one is very Mask of Red Death. Another one is very much the Raven. Another one is the Pit and the Pendulum in interesting ways. Um, in typical Flanagan, it's got a great script, really good acting across the board. Um, yeah, it's got uh, Friday Night Lights alum. He, yeah, he plays the younger Bruce Greenwood. Uh, he was excellent. Yeah, it's again, it's everybody who's already been Zach in a Flanagan. Is who we're if you've been in a Flanagan project, you're already in this, you know. And then he much, you know, and then he brings in a few new people that are like, okay, because like fucking Mark Hamill is in this, and he is fucking awesome. He plays the family's fixer, the lawyer. He's fucking terrifying. And he's, of course, doing a Mark Hamill voice. <laughs> Joker voice? No, no. It's, not the, it's a different way. It's very, you know, gruff voice, but it's like, shit. Yeah, this is the type of lawyer that this family would have. You know? One who's just going to take, take care of shit for you. Now I feel like I have to watch this. so long, though. Well, um, that's a lot of movies that I'm not watching. Exactly, also. and that's why like Andrew and I cranked. There's no way she was not letting us not watch it. Yeah, she's a huge, huge, huge Poe fan. He's looking at you right now yeah. from the. So from I'm like, fuck it. Well, we we just sat. We watched two episodes one night, and then two episodes another night, and then just finished everything else on a Sunday morning. We just sat and like, boom, this is what we're gonna watch, and blew through it, and it was so fucking good. Um, yeah, because it's Netflix, I I'm gonna have to end up ordering a bootleg. Blu-ray of it somewhere, <laughs> yeah, because it will never fucking appear. And again, Netflix is t to the point now where I'm like, and I watched a three and a half hour long documentary there, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, History of Folklore. Yikes! Really good though, really good. 
Um, ooh, one that escaped people. Becky and the Wrath of Becky. Uh, Becky, I, I, in my review, it's Angry Girl Fucks Up Nazis. Is this the... Yeah, the Kevin James one. I've seen yeah. this trailer. <laughs> He's excellent. He's terrifying in it. Really? He really is. Uh, and the girl, Lulu Wilson, is awesome. She's basically a young girl whose um, mother has died and father is moving on to another woman. So he takes her up to like their place in the countryside on the lake for the weekend to be with this new woman and her kid. And some escaped convicts show up, one of whom was a Nazi, trying to look for something that was buried in this house once. Um, and she home alones the shit out of them. It is brutal. But quite good. Yeah, <coughs> Joel McHale plays the dad. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen this trailer. Yeah. It's good. I was very pleased with it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then Wrath of Becky is her, like, two years later... She has since gone on the run because, you know, her whole family was murdered, essentially. So she goes and, like, while hitchhiking, lives with this other woman and a bunch of fucking proud boys show, uh, show up to fuck with her and end up accidentally killing the woman who took her in. So she goes on, like, a vengeance warpath against these fucking proud boys. And the lead proud boy is played by Sean Williams Scott. <laughs> Uh, but also, quite good. Um, yeah, Courtney Gaines is also in this. Outlander! <laughs> um, oh, that's right, Katie Siegel was in this too, briefly. Uh, there will apparently be a third one. Uh, it, it's a, it's an inter It's not as good as the first one, but it's an interesting little... You know, it's like John Wick, only if John Wick was a cute 14-year-old girl. Yeah. And instead of, like, uh, other assassins, it was... Yeah. Proud Boys? Yeah. Nazis, essentially. Uh, but she, too, also was in a Flanagan. I, she was in The Haunting of Hill House. So, another Flanagan alum, as is Katie Siegel, Flanagan's wife, is in that. Um, Rewatch Tremors. God, Tremors is just fucking awesome. Clown House. Yeah, watch Clown House. That's not nearly as good as we remembered. I think we talked about that one last time. Oh, yeah. Talk to Me. Talk to Me is uh, one that just came out recently. It says 2022. Just came out in 2023, though. Australian horror film. Um, it's it, it revolves around this severed hand, like a, that's a statue, where if you're at a party, you like have a seance with it, and you hold its hand, and you say, "Talk to me," and then a ghost will come through you, and you'll talk as them. And then when you release the hand, the spirit lets go. And, of course, at a teenage party, shit goes horribly awry. Um, and then they're trying... It's, it's essentially... For those of you old enough to remember Witchboard, it's essentially the film Witchboard, only without a Ouija board, it's now with his hand. Okay, fair enough. But very, very good. Um, it's not an A24 type horror film, but it's an A24 type horror film. Like, they didn't put it out. But, but they could have. They could have, and you'd be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Um, very, very good. Lots of, you know, it's it, it's a very emotional horror film. With some really cool sequences in it. Um, a good representation. It's, you know, not a white male film. In any sense of the form. Well, I ain't watching it then. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck that, I don't need no woke horror. <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch Freddy vs. Jason. 
because that's what I watched on Friday the 13th. Uh, I finished up my Texas Chainsaw watches. Ooh, Sick was another good one. Uh, written by Kevin Williamson of Scream and Dawson's Creek fame. Okay. It's it, it's a pandemic-era film. Uh, these two college students are leaving to go stay in the richer girls' lake house during the pandemic. That's where they're going to go quarantine. And there are home invaders. Um, Sick. Yeah. It's very... It, it's it's what you'd expect from a Kevin Williamson film. It's smart. Uh, the dialogue is really good. Characterizations. What it is. Um, it's it's an old white man listening to call, listening to high schoolers in the mall and writing every character that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that you just said mall. I know. Because, <laughs> yeah, teenagers old, are hanging out in the old mall. Old white man. Well, that's where us old white men would go now. Like, what do teenagers talk like now? Let's go to the mall. The only people at the mall right now are older than us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're just there to walk. Yeah. Colin and I used to walk with the old people at the mall. <laughs> and that was, you know, obviously ten years ago or yep. whatever. But, I mean, it, it's a fun film. Um, pretty clever. Some neat twists to it. Uh, home Invasion, which is Andrea's least favorite genre to watch for horror. Yeah. It's the one that gets her the most amped up. Which is how I know if it's a really good home invasion film, because she will literally scream throughout it whenever there's a jump scare. So I'm like, ooh, they built that tense moment very well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> These are the ones that hit too real for her. Which is funny, because we're watching Funny Games tonight at her request. Which is probably one of the most brutal home invasion films there is. What's the one... Uh The people in the cabin, the really famous one, where the they look outside and there's people sitting on a fucking swing and they got like a bunny mask or some fucking thing. Oh, the strangers, those ones. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. those any good? Oh, first one's really good. First one's first good, one's right? really good. Um, but Funny Games is, I mean, it's in the Criterion Collection for a reason. It's a very, very good one. It plays with a lot of tropes in a very smart way. But there's. Andrew won't listen to this before tonight. There's no fucking happy ending in that film. <coughs> but it'll be very interesting to think. Because she usually, she usually gets really into it. She starts rooting for the people. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But, and then when horrible shit happens to <laughs> With home invasion films, they re- they rarely end well. Yeah. Because like, isn't this... this the, spoilers the, for The Strangers, don't they both die? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the villains get away scot-free to the yeah. point where there's a sequel where they do a lot of the same shit. Uh, same with funny games. Same with oh, this one. There's survivors, but it's still like it's one of those types of horror films where they survive, but you're like, yeah, but they're not okay. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna li- they're gonna have miserable existences the rest of their life now. Uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter is another new one uh, by Andre Overdahl, uh, the one behind uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, funny story. I have that movie. Yeah. Uh, because it was a... Well, it was like five other <clears throat> ones. No, before... Uh, not even that. Uh, they don't do it anymore, but like, I don't know, five, six, seven or longer years ago. Well, what year did that would Scary Stories have come Four out? Four or five years ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, whenever around that time they came out, uh, Verizon used to do this thing where at the end of every month, <clears throat> you get to choose a reward. Oh, yeah. And it was always... It was always trash. Like, yeah. hey, you can get fucking... 
$5 off a fucking phone case or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But there was always an option for digital movies, and it'd always be like five sh- fucking Austin Powers and shit yeah. like that. Um, and one month, that was one of them, and I was like, I either had or refused to own the other yeah. options, uh, so I have that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. It makes good movies. Uh, this one, it was fun. It's... Um, the voyage that Dracula took from Transylvania to England. Oh, okay. He came on the ship of the Demeter. Uh, and this is this film entirely takes place during that trip. Um, good cast. Uh, it's got uh, Sir Davos playing the okay. ship captain. Yep. Um, Javier Botet, who is uh, one of the those types of guys like Doug Jones, who's just always, oh, look, there's a weird thing. He's going to play that thing. Yeah. Um, is David, he the uh, Dracula? Yeah, uh, thing? David uh, das, das, Dastel Machian. Yeah, Ant Man um, guy. Yeah, he's in this. It's a good film. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not going to end well because if you've read Dracula or watched Dracula, Dracula fucking makes it to England. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's always a big deal. And I mean, it starts out the beginning of this movie. It starts out with the ship making sure with no one on board alive. Yeah, and then flashing back. Uh, but it's well shot. Uh, Letterbox up. doesn't like it. Uh, fuck Letterbox on this one. Two point seven. I mean, it's not a great film. I only gave yeah. it a three and a half. Sure. But it's a like if I was going to be like, you know what, I'm going to spend a day watching Dracula films. Yeah. I would throw this in there. I, I would probably start watching like Coppola's Dracula, and then when the Dracula gets on the boat, I would change out to this film, watch it, and then go <laughs> back to Coppola's film. Um, I need to watch. I haven't watched Dracula in a long time. Oh, it's still fucking really good, man. Especially now that it's in 4K, it's <clears throat> gorgeous in 4K. Um, but yeah, this film—it's a perfectly good Dracula film. You know, you want to watch Dracula fuck up people on boats? Here you go. Some brutal shit. You know, animals don't do well <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies where they fucking killed dogs this month. Um, Jesus. I'm trying to think what else I watched. I watched you some stuff that was just not great. I've gone, uh, I think, all month without seeing a single dog death. Good uh, job. You mean trolls didn't have dog deaths? Nope. Um, I will say, though, I, I still gave it a four. Um, but the... We watched it while, because Tilly had strep, and we watched it uh, while she was home. She watched all of the all of the Trolls universe, which Mm. is two movies and like however many episodes of a terrible show. Um, The the luster is kind of it's not the same. uh, The luster is kind of wearing off a little bit on Trolls. the 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 music scenes are still good and all that stuff, but like it's and the second one is just not very good at all. I am very excited to talk Lone Star with you, though. Yes, let's do that. Because this has long been since I saw it in the at movie gallery. It was one of the first movies I I watched there because it was one of those like, oh, we got one VHS copy and it okay. looked pretty cool. Um, this was still rising Matthew McConaughey because this was ninety six. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I. I didn't recognize the name John Sales, though later I'd be like, okay, I've seen a bunch of his shit. Yeah. 
Um, it is a, like I said, it is a John Sayles film written and directed by John Sayles. For those of you who do not know John Sayles, he is an independent filmmaker who has basically been movie, making movies his for a long fucking time. Makes them on his terms, you know. He's never done anything big, big budgeted. Um, his most well-known film is probably Eight Men Out, which was, you know, the baseball movie about the Chicago Black Sox, which is not an... Most average moviegoer, moviegoers isn't going to watch that film. I remember watching right. it because we loved baseball, and I was like, I need to know more about that. Uh, but he's a very... I, got, I have not thought about it since, though. <clears throat> it's so good, though. I should um, watch it again. One of the interesting things about John Sayles, though, is he is a screen he's a screenplay doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has written some pretty fucking ridiculous screenplays in order to fund his films. Like, uh, one of the biggest ones. He, he wrote the original Howling. Um, he wrote Piranha. Uh, I, think they, I think he wrote Alligator, too. Uh, he did some script work on Mimic. Uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Um, Battle Beyond the Stars. So he, like, did a lot of script writing for a lot of B-films in order to get money to make his films. Because his films are almost always low-budget type of films where, you know, they're they're loaded with good actors, but not usually big-time. Like, at the time Lone Star came out, the biggest name in Lone Star was fucking... Chris Christopherson, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is not in that film a whole lot. I mean, no. he, make, he makes his presence known. Yeah. Um, but for this film, the script is by far the, the reason the to watch The star of the film. movie? Yeah. Um, it is a perfect Chris Cooper role. Yes. Um, I, hate to, I hate to use the term born to play this yeah. uh, role, but... It's the perfect Chris Cooper role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah I, I I didn't know. I actually kind of intentionally didn't uh, read too much or mm-hmm. watch too much going into it, so I had no idea that it was a flashback present day mm-hmm. uh, type movie, which makes it uh, a lot of the. Um, I guess makes it stand out because I've watched a ton of like noir this year. Yeah, it's a, and this is a for something that takes place in the Texas daylight. Yeah, it is very much a noir film. Yeah, that just happens to take place during the day for almost everything. <laughs> well, and that's that's its own kind of subgenre yeah. of noir. Is yeah. this kind of not necessarily just Texas, but yeah. uh, Western slash noir. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is it, it that that added the uh, the extra kind of cool element that you know McConaughey is playing his father yeah. um, as a much younger man, and I like the in the flashbacks. It's and this is not a unique thing to do, but uh, in these types of movies, is the the people act the way the storyteller is mm-hmm. saying they acted doesn't necessarily mean that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, the, the the gist of the story is in modern day. Chris Cooper is a sheriff in this, you know, Texas border town. Um, has all the political shit that happens in border towns in Texas. You know, there's always fights between, you know, Hispanic and... Which is like American. 70% of the population. Yeah. 
Um, and he he is a sheriff, and his daddy was like the town's greatest sheriff ever. A legend. If you ask certain people, if you ask the people who benefited, yeah, he is the greatest sheriff to ever grace this land. And you know, your daddy was a legend type of thing. And uh, was it college people who found the remains, or was it just no? It was like just guys out. They were, yeah, they were, they had metal detectors. Metal detecting. Yeah. Two guys out metal detecting near, uh, it was an army base. It was a decommissioned de- army range. Yeah. Um, so they were looking for bullets. And yeah, land. and instead they find a sheriff's badge yeah. of the person who was his daddy's predecessor, who they all thought just, like, ran off. Because he was super corrupt. He was super corrupt, and his dad, you know, Chris Cooper's daddy, Matthew McConaughey, cleaned up the town. Yeah. You know, and you start to learn... He didn't necessarily clean up the town the way you thought he did, you know. He just, he was corrupt in a different way. Yeah. And sometimes uh, in a Robin Hood type of way. Yeah. But still... There's uh, still secrets in this town. Yeah, he was still, he was not the perfect, uh, the white hat, I guess. And this film, you learn his, this town's secrets run pretty deep and hit uncomfortably close to home for Chris Cooper at one point. <laughs> uh, in almost an old boy kind of way. That's why the ending is so... Icky, but yet captivating? Yeah, because it appears that they're just like, yeah, I'm good with it if you are. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. You, you, you end up learning that him and um, this woman, Elizabeth Pena, her character, she's a teacher at the local school... You know, has her own kid. They're they're you know they're finding each other in later in life. They were kind of, they kind of dated in high school, and his daddy wanted them to have nothing. Well, both parents, yeah, were like you uh, can't fucking date them, and you yeah. think it's just because okay, well she's Hispanic, he is. Right. It's just a racist thing. Uh, nope, turns out that their brother and sister, Matthew McConaughey, was both their daddies. Yeah, um, but they don't find this out until they've been pretty much a couple for a while. Yeah, um, and like you said, yeah, they're both like. Well, fuck it. Whatever. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, because the, the whole... We should rewind a, li- a little bit. I mean, obviously spoilers for a fucking 35-year-old movie or whatever. That uh, most people have never seen. Yeah, or, or, or never will. Uh, the I'm actually very excited it's getting correct here because I think that's going to put it out there to a whole bunch of people who have never even... I, I will say, because when you sent me that thing, it was it was literally like the day after I watched it, wasn't it? Hadn't mm-hmm. I watched it like the day before? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, my, this thing has not been available on no. DVD for... We've been bitching about it yeah. for almost a year. Yeah. That it's only available on SD. for listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that it's only available in SD, and I finally broke down and bought it in SD. I will say, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, like... I don't. I can't explain it. I don't know. Well, that's it looks awesome because it's like I don't know how much upscaling can be done to this, right? Because he, I mean, he uses thirty-five millimeter film to film his movies, so it will look good. Yeah, but it's not like you're going to be like a modern four K. It's not going to look like a modern four K film. You know? No. It, so, I, I mean, although I I have said it in the past <clears throat> uh, with all the, like seventies movies I was I've been watching or that we watch and we're watching in the spring. Um, the ones that are available in 4K, it looks like, yeah, it's like 3D. Yeah. It's so, what was it that we, I can't think of which one it was, that just looked, it looked unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot believe that it's 40, you know, yeah. 45 years old or whatever. 
But yeah, that one that one's gonna be coming out. Not a lot of bonus features on the Criterion, which is a bit of a bummer because again, I would have wanted like a five disc edition of this fucking movie because I love this movie so. This is one yeah. of those films where everyone is like, name an unsung film that you love. I'd be like Lone Star. Yeah, it was one of my favorite films of that year. I mean, it floored me when I watched it because again, we had one copy at the video store. No one was fucking renting it out. And I was just like, ah, this looks good. Well, I'm going to watch this. Because I think, I can't remember if it came out on by from Miramax or not. But there was something I kept seeing the trailer for it on something else. On like some, anytime I rented a movie, it's like, that was one of the trailers. So I'm like, well, shit, I better watch this. Well, I mean, I'm sure at some point it was mentioned to me or I scrolled past it at one point. But I had never heard of it until this year when I was looking at it. Yeah, unwarless. Mm-hmm. So that's that is how mm-hmm. under the radar it is. I'm that way with. <sighs> I still own my VHS because this it did get a DVD release, but yeah, like good luck finding one for less. You know, for yeah, they're that's like, not outrageous sums of money. They're like forty bucks, if, fifty yeah, bucks. Yeah, those are probably the cheapest ones. Um, and disc only. Um, of course, now that's probably <clears throat> flooded. Amazon probably has them for like four bucks now. Mm, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I feel... I don't know if we've talked about this before. I feel like, or I think I'm discovering that I actually have a real 90s blind spot because I've always just assumed that I saw everything in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I saw everything that was popular yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. I didn't see this, is, this stuff. This is where I can come in. Because yes. I saw... Because, again, I worked at a video store from, like... I didn't 97 see 97 to 2001, and I worked next door to a video store for like three years, the closest thing I rented fucking from like ninety five on. Yeah, I rented everything. I mean, like the the closest thing that that I would have. I mean, I'm sure there are other examples, but that I can think of right away that would have been considered, or the thing that would have been considered the most. Uh, uh, unknown would be like Usual Suspects, which is like one of the most famous movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you can you oh yeah, lowest price on Amazon for Lone Star on DVD now, five dollars and seventy four cents. Yeah. yeah, that and there's now before if you looked there were maybe two or three. Right now there's fifty other options available. So this yeah, you can buy this film now. So for those of you who don't want to buy the Criterion, you can go out on Amazon and find the DVD now pretty affordably. Yeah. Um which is cool because again, I never wanted to fucking spring that much money for it. Ha, VHS tape still though can fetch you around 8 bucks. <laughs> VHS is a, an unfortunate uh I mean, I know everything I mean, I know Blu-rays eventually break down, but not like a VHS tape yeah. does. Like, you, you you never have to at a v at a D, at a movie store ever have to work on fixing a DVD, really. Yeah. Other than cleaning it, like I had to splice so many fucking That's, VHS tapes. They got mangled or just ripped because the equipment you played these on could ruin it. Yeah. Like hundred percent. You you don't put a DVD in a DVD player and worry about the DVD player ruining the disc. Yeah. VHS players could very much ruin and, well, it. Well, yeah, my and even uh, a well-maintained VHS tape after a while it just fucking wears out, especially if <laughs> it, it, it's a long-time joke with VHS people, especially those of us that work the video store. You could tell like 
these tapes wore out a lot at like you know the Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool scene because because what would happen is when you're playing the tape if you paused it it's putting a lot of stress on the tape yeah because it's still it's like stretching a rubber band yeah um and eventually if a scene was paused a lot over the course of the life the tape it's that stu- area got it got a little wall <laughs> because it got stretched out so yeah. If you were watching a tape... Speaking and like, of getting stretched out. Yeah, so if like you were watching a tape and you were watching like Basic Instinct and you get to the Sharon Stone scene and it gets a little wonky, you've been like, yeah, this is the shot where everyone paused it to jerk off. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, VHS telling on you. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, there's actually, you can find it on YouTube where it's like most paused VHS moments, movies, moments ever, and it's always sex. 100%. It's always sex. 100% always movies, sex. but... That's funny. Ugh, but yeah. Lone Star. Great fucking movie. Uh, it's again, I love that it's coming out 4K. Uh, now if they would only work on getting Men With Guns out, um, I'm surprised they've never put out Secret of Ronan Ish. Because this is the other thing that's very interesting about sales films. They're so different. But yet they're... Like, Secret of Roninish is a kid's fairy tale. Hmm. It's about fucking, like, Irish folk tales. And it's a, it's a great fucking movie. You know, Eight Men Out, about baseball. Um, the Brother from Another Planet is about an alien that lands in New York and takes on the guise of a black man and kind of learns that this... Maybe this world isn't that great. <laughs> um, Yikes. Uh, Mate One is about, you know, coal mining strikes. Yeah, because we talked about it when I watched the the documentary that this yeah. is based on. Uh, what uh, was that called? I don't remember. Oh, Christ. Harlan County, USA. Yeah. Uh, Men with Guns is about a, you know, a professor, an old professor who is journeying around the country like, but the men with gu- it's you know the men with guns are not good people you know it's oh god that was so good Casados Babies is about a bunch of pregnant women um Passion Fish another one that a lot of people saw it's just like two old la- two, two middle aged ladies becoming friends <laughs> uh City of Hope is about inner city violence um um, the one with Chris Cooper down the bottom, forgetting the title of it all of a sudden. Silver, Silver City. City. That's politics. Um, yeah. He's just... The Return of the so- Caucus 7 is basically a much better big chill. Huh. But that one, Christ. Good luck finding that one, like, on physical media. All his shit should be on Criterion. Uh, Baby It's You I've never seen, but I've heard it's very, very good. Uh, Sunshine State. One of those ones I missed. Oh... Uh, I don't think I, I never saw Leanna. But everything I've ever seen of him, I'm like, that's fucking good. I've never seen anything of his that he directed and wrote that I was like, that's shit. He makes good movies. And he does his own thing. Like, I, lo- I love that, that he's still, in, you know, he takes job for hires to make movies he wants to make and takes as yeah. long as he wants to make them. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know how long it's been since his last movie actually even came out. When was his last fucking movie? Uh, his last movie was 2013. Wow. I've never seen it. And he is my parents' age. He's 73. Yeah, so I mean, he's probably probably fucking retired for the most part. 
And again, did so without... I think actually, I, actually no, he's writing novels now, because I know he's written a novel uh, recently. Um, well, you don't have to leave the house for that. Exactly. <laughs> you could do that from home. Yeah, because I remember... I've got a couple of his script books, because his script books are always interesting. Like I said, the man is a wonderful writer. John Sayles' book. Jamie McGillivray, The Renegade's Journey, is a recent book he wrote. But he's also written another one, A Moment of the Sun. Yeah, so he's, he writes books now. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him for having a, Yellow a, Earth. For a, a retirement plan. Yeah, retirement plan is being a novelist. That's what you should do. Good on you, John Sales. Well, I've got one out of 19 watched this year, so... We wrote one about unions called Union Dues, a novel. I bet that's really good. Him writing about unions is kind of his thing. When did he write that? Back in 2005. Ooh, it's about Boston in 1969. Interesting. Yeah. I got into one of those loops last night of uh, mobsters reacting to movie scenes and saying oh. how real they are. Do yeah. You, is it, I don't know, Vanity Fair or GQ or something? I don't know. It's, something, yeah. it's an on, ongoing uh, series. One of those. People, yeah, yeah, one of those series. And it was a, a Boston mobster uh Former tough guy, yeah, wise one, guy, one or whatever. Whitey Bulger's goons, yeah, essentially, basically like an underling. Yeah, if it's if it's Boston mob for the past you know forty years, it was one of Whitey Bulger's yeah. goons. Essentially. Um, so he was, uh, so it was, and he did like three or four different series about of you know different types of movies. So he he spent a day there, in other words, and yeah. did hey, how many of these can you do? Um, yeah, those are always fun to watch. You get into which ones did he really like? He really he said like uh, the Johnny Depp one was very accurate. Well, it, that one's I mean, based on novel, uh, yeah, not novel, based on nonfiction books. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that one was the most accurate. What did he say? There were a couple things in The Departed that he said wouldn't. Shit, what was it? I don't remember. Uh, it's worth watching. Yeah, just uh, go find it somewhere uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Because, you know, all Scorsese does is gangster movies, according to parts of Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see he's a couple theaters um, at an intermission. He's not so happy he's about that. For that. But again, oh, it was actually his editor. Yeah. That was Schum uh, Schum Schumacher, not Schumacher, Schumacher. Yeah. I, I was, for one, impressed that she was still fucking alive. Because <laughs> she's been editing his movies since the fucking late 70s um, or early 80s. But a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I get that as the film's editor, you build it a certain way. But also, please know you're putting out a three and a half hour long film. Mm. That's a that's a long time for anyone, even Isn't the like, most like diehard movie watcher, to like sit in a theater. Two twenty six or two hundred twenty six. Because I mean, I, I I had to get up and take a piss in the middle of Oppenheimer, and even I'm like, what the fuck, I miss. I was gone for two seconds. <laughs> but what did I miss? Uh, that's three. Oh, two o six. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a long fucking time to be sitting. Yeah, and in I one know spot. a lot of a lot of people have been complaining about Killers of the Flower Moon. How it's you know told mostly from the white man's perspective. It's like 
would you want an 80-year-old white man telling the native perspective right. of that? The that Asa- would be Asajj that, people? That would be the complaint. Yeah. If it, if and it he even way. had, like, Asajj Indians, or natives, sorry, Jesus, first people, um, on board the film, like, as consultants. So it's like he did everything he could, and people are still like, oh, well, it's told from the white man perspective. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Although, as soon as anyone talks about the best performances in the film, they're always talking about her. Yeah. Yeah, it is 25 minutes longer than Oppenheimer. Yeah. That comes out this month. Yeah. On 4K. I can't fucking wait. I wonder... I can't wait to watch that at home where I can pause it whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. I wonder if it will... uh, Because it's going to come out. I I forget how it usually works around Black Friday when that's when a movie comes out. They usually don't come out any discounted. They don't... It'll still be full. Um, You know, now that October's over, I can watch Barbie. Because I picked up the 4K of Barbie like a oh, week ago. Yeah, I have seen Barbie. It's like, I can't watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I have that and the new Spider Man 4 film ready to go. Like, uh, Across the Spider Verse. Oh, yeah. Because I haven't watched either of them yet. So it's and like, you're as, soon, wait as, till as the... soon as October ends, yeah. those will probably be watched next week. Yeah, because last October, Halloween's Tuesday. So, What is. Uh, is Barbie going to stream somewhere? I would assume so. What is it? What are that? What is that? Who put that out? Is it going to be on HBO? Isn't it weird that that's the way we think of things now? Like, yeah. Where's it going to stream? I don't know. Who put it out? Yeah. Well, you have to because everybody's got their own fucking streaming service. Yeah. Because this is the way the world is now. And uh, again, I know this is the uh, the all time complaint, but it was all to get away from the one huge cable bill, and now, like we were talking about, yeah, with and all the- get away from commercials. Yeah. And now, because Amazon's about to introduce commercials, too. Oh, yeah. So, people are like, this was just... Again, it's... They were comparing it to, like, the shit Elon Musk does, where they basically yeah. take over something that already exists, yeah. break it apart, say, it's oh, it's all new, it's all different now, yeah, and then eventually cut out all the middlemen and get it back to what it was, only now everybody below is getting fucked. Yeah. Because, you know, when it came to cable, the guilds had contracts. Yeah. Regarding cable sales and cable viewings and shit like that. And it, they did not have that in place for streaming. Yeah. So, of course, everything went to streaming. And the guilds started to get fucked. They lost out on money they were owed. And now it's taking them to striking. And it's sad because it's pretty much... There are, o- there are only, like, four unions in the country that seem to ever get anything done when it comes to strikes. And it's, yeah. it's sad that one of them is, like, the, the Hollywood one. Yeah. Um... And so many other unions get fucked, but don't mess with the teachers' union, don't mess with nurses' unions, and don't mess with auto workers. <laughs> well, those are the unions that seem to have their shit together. Uh, the most successful union in the country, um, at least on, is the um, Major League Baseball Players Association. Oh yeah, that is like the strongest union in the world. Yeah, sports unions are usually pretty fucking strong, but base- they- baseball is next level. Yeah. The amount of money those fucking guys make is bananas. The fact that, yeah, like we, like we talked about earlier, the fact that people have been retired yeah. for decades. Bobby Benilla still every, whatever, yeah. June whatever, still gets a million dollar payday from now and pretty much until he dies. Yeah. Because they, they negotiate deals that, take, that don't count against the salary cap, but you have to keep paying them every year. Wild, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, de- deferred money contracts. Yeah, where these players, but just everything yeah. they they just have the. But yeah, like the Mets this year, they have the best guarantees. They're paying Max Scherzer thirty million dollars this year, and he plays for Texas now. Yeah, it's all guaranteed money. Yeah, and he'll they'll be paying part of his contract next year too. <laughs> you 
Because, yeah, like you said, guaranteed money. NBA contracts are fucking bananas, too, but oh, that's yeah. more a numbers game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a numbers game going the other way, I guess, with, with baseball. They have twice as many games as any other league. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And a lot more players. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, and but, but that's what it is with basketball is that there's, you know, you've got however many, 12 guys on your team, but you're only paying, like, Five of them. Yeah. Maybe six. The rest are all like, like fucking D League minimum. Contracts. Yeah. Especially anyone after eight. Yeah. Eight, oh, yeah. Eight, the guys eight, that. Eight through 11, on, nine yeah. through 11 on the bench. The guys don't even play. Yeah. They're uh, the, the Brian Scalabrinis of the world. Dude. They're there to. Because they can guard Kevin Garnett in practice. Yeah. That's why Brian Scalabrini has a job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and guys hey, like that. He leveraged it for into another career. Though, yeah. Which yeah. The good ones do. Um, which still makes him like. A top one percent in the world basketball player. Yeah. You know, we kind of forget that because the gap is so big between the really elite ones and the end of the bench guys. The end of the bench guys are still top point zero one percent players. Yeah. Um, that just shows you how yeah. we said it more of the time. How they showed much up at any YMCA league yeah. would dominate oh, yeah. everyone. Yeah, not even fair. Uh, but it it really is. It's amazing that. Football players, even though they make way less on average than uh, basketball and baseball, it's still amazing that there are 53 of them mm-hmm. as opposed to 15 or even, what, 20? What's on our major league roster? 26, 26. for most of the year. Uh, 40 at the end. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, that was a good rule change. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on top of that, 10% of the games... Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still. It shows you how much money the NFL makes. Yeah, that they're still at least comparable mm-hmm. to what. But when you've got guys on the you know the the third best player on the Kings or whatever making fucking eighteen million a year is just fucking bananas to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Guys who will never make an All Star team. Yeah, yeah. Um, good never, starters. Never make or, an All NBA anything. Maybe, maybe a third team. Maybe is, a third team. Is know? making what Tyreek Hill does. Oh shit, where's it snowing? Denver! Uh, Denver, yeah. I tried to avoid the Denver KC game today, other than Ugh. I took some Isaiah Pacheco. It's fucking nuts it. that, like, because I, I guess in northern Maine it's going to snow tomorrow, like yeah. two inches. Yeah. And it was 70 degrees yesterday. Uh, we had the air conditioning on two nights ago. Yeah, we, we, we didn't put the AC on, but we had every window open. Because our, our upstairs gets so hot so easily if the Especially that side of the house. I mean, it's mm. the entire upstairs, but that side of the house gets just hammered with sun all day, uh, and it's fucking. It was seventy eight in our bedroom. Yeah. So we don't ta- we don't take the AC out until it's like until it's noticeably cold in the bedroom because no. just because of the virtue of having something with an open window right there. And I feel so bad for our girls' soccer team though because they were supposed to play Saturday when it was like seventy degrees out and oh yeah. But because of you know yeah, yeah. killer on the loose, they postponed the game till Tuesday, when it's going to be we're call it's calling for a dusting of snow. Sweet, it could snow during a playoff soccer game. <laughs> yeah, poor girls. Yeah, that's cold. Oh well, it's what it is. They'll be okay. They're young. Exactly. <laughs> let, let them put on an undershirt. That's right. It's allowed. 
They must be able to wear something. Can they wear something under their shorts, like like a like spandex? Yeah, I know there are rules that they have to be like certain, certain colors, colors and shit. But yeah. as long as both teams agree to it, yeah. Like in middle school last year when we played in Greenville, they let us put our fucking hoodies underneath our shit. Yeah. Same yeah. with baseball. One of the games, the start time was very cold, and they're like, "You can wear hoodies underneath your jerseys." Yeah. You know, we don't care. Keep the kids warm. Yeah. It's you know high school sports, and there are rules, but uh, yeah, we don't want anyone fucking dying of hypothermia. It's not like uh, A.J. Brown pays the uniform fine every week <laughs> so he can wear the pink shoes so his daughter can see him on TV. Yeah. And oh, uh, Tyreek Hill, I think, too, gets, pays one every week because he doesn't wear socks. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I love it. It's like, oh, he's got a $10,000 fine every week. Out That's of a, probably what his cleats cost. <laughs> <laughs> out of a check that was, what's a game check on $17 million? Well, it would be a million dollars a week, so like, yeah, okay. <laughs> not even, not even taxes. Wouldn't even, that. wouldn't even notice that. No. Uh, and it go all the all the fines go to charity. So uh, yeah. keep wearing those cleats. Yeah, exactly. You know. And I don't even know how much the fine is. It's probably like five, ten grand, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. What What are you going to spend on? I did see. Dinner I thought the, uh, and I know it mostly is, but maybe there are automatic amounts for certain things. I thought it was. Uh, it was. Percentage of pay, because there's a big difference between what yeah. uh, what Patrick Mahomes makes and what the uh, special teams linebacker mm-hmm. makes, uh, which is you know on a per game basis, and especially like a, a in your first contract before you can uh, hit free agency first four years, um, like if you got fined for something, it was a percentage of your pay and maybe capped at a certain amount. I don't know if they still do that or not. Maybe it's only for certain things. I think maybe that's what it is, because Jalen Warren is a league minimum second-year player. I think his uh, total salary for the year is like 870000 or something like that. And he's already been fined like 94000 He's Jesus. been fined... Which uh, is like 30% of his salary, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um... He got last week. He got a thirty thousand dollar fine for uh, lowering his head on a run. Okay, but like thirty thousand out of eight seventy is a pretty good chunk. Yeah, for a guy making minimum. But anyway, Dak not looking good. Right. Uh, That's pretty much I think all we have to talk about this week. <laughs> yeah, football has started. Football has started. I'm already like my attention has drifted. Yeah, to that. I'm already, oh my god! <laughs> and that just got sacked twice in a row. That's too bad. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back at some point.